Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back out on the John Chuckery Show. Live in the Kia Studios on a Tuesday night with you. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Full disclosure, though, I forgot to give Dylan a song. um, But I I did want this song. Um, I've been listening to this album a lot. Like, um, just... I've been in the mood for some Marvin Gaye and, you know, this is arguably one of the two or three greatest albums ever done. It's probably one of the, you know, three, four, five greatest songs ever produced. I mean, it's just magnificent. I I saw that um, Motown documentary here recently again and, you know, watched them break this whole song down. And I was watching the movie We Were Soldiers. Uh, You ever seen that movie with uh, Mel, uh, Mel Gibson? Uh-uh. It's a true story. It's about the okay. first. It's about the first real battle of the Vietnam War. It's, oh wow! It's the Ia Drang Valley battle, and it's it's really the first real full scale engagement mm-hmm. in the Vietnam War. I think it was in '65 or something like that when it happened. I read the book. There's a book about it, but it's called "We Were Soldiers, We Were Young," and it's the, the guy who's the commander is uh, Hal Moore, and he wrote the book and everything. Um, but I've been listening to this album a lot uh, here lately, so good stuff uh, as always. But yes, I, I I literally forgot that we have a Brown Liquor Music Hour. <laughs> I'm, I'm so out of the loop. I'm I'm brain dead. I'm out of the loop. I mean, just you know, gotta try to get all these things you know functioning again. So just getting in the rhythm uh, of everything. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app site. You catch us on the go. Social media is at nine. 2-9, the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm at JMCH316. He's at underscore Dylan Matthews. Don't forget, rank him coming up at uh, 1040, though. Right now, though, let's get to a college football roundup. It's time for the college football roundup. A complete look at all the collegiate football action. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Well, what happens in the SEC when you have a top 10 season? You pay your head coach and... You know, Josh Heupel got a whew, he got a mega mega deal. He's set to make as much as nine million dollars per year. Now think about it. you know, Josh Heupel's had one remarkable season. He he had a terrific year last year. Obviously, you know they were the uh, the champions of the Orange Bowl, um, beating Clemson, but. It's a raise of $4 million per year. And you think about the head coaches that are in the SEC and making some serious scratchole. Saban, Kirby Smart, Jimbo Jimbo Fisher, Brian Kelly, and now Josh Heupel. Says uh, Heupel's initial contract paid him about $4 million annually, and then he was bumped up to $5 million uh, this year, and then now it's going to go up to $9 million per year, but, you know, it's, uh, I, I really like Josh Heupel. Uh, I think he's a really good coach. I think he's the shot in the arm that that program needed. And look, I don't know that they'll be back, you know, next year, 
but they'll still be a pretty good team, right? I mean, they they still have a chance to be a really good team, even losing some of the pieces that they will lose, you know, including quarterback and their, you know, Bolitnikoff winning wide receiver, but they still will have a pretty good team, and Josh Heupel is going to get kids to, to go to that program. And, look, the college football universe is better when Tennessee is good, by the way, too. So, by the way, Dylan, um, have we got Sammy Zane over here or what? This is our friend Paul. Okay. He works here. Okay. Like, it, it looks like Sammy Zane. <laughs> Be nice to Paul. He is helping us with our computers, and he's updating things for us, and he, he's making sure the ship runs smoothly back here, Chuck. I just, I, when I look at him, Do I just. Do not make fun of Paul. I, 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 you know, he's like Generico, <laughs> you know? That that was Sammy Zane's character in Ring of Honor, but anyway. But he looks like Sammy Zane with the with the hair and everything like that and the big beard and everything. So, <laughs> anyway, I was just a little bit distracted by um, all of that kind of stuff. So, uh, anyway, um, boy, uh, this story you know, it broke, um, what was it? It broke uh, just a couple of days ago. Ra-Ra Thomas was arrested uh, on Monday on felony charges of false imprisonment and misdemeanor battery family violence, according to the uh, athens Clark County Jail uh, Office. Um, you know, obviously, Ra-Ra Thomas, a guy who transferred over from Mississippi State, he was their leading wide receiver, and, you know, listen, Georgia will figure it all out at the end of the day, but this is just a this is just a, a, a wild story, and it's just an awful story. It says here that he's Thomas is accused of felony false imprisonment because he allegedly confined and detained the person without legal authority by standing in front of the dorm uh, door room door, blocking the exit, telling her she cannot leave. Can I tell you, it's been it's been a lot of bad news since Georgia's national championship. You know, it's obviously the two kids that died, you know, the uh the, the night after the parade. Obviously, you know, the you know, kerfluffle that Staken Stetson got into, and now this arrest of Ra Ra Thomas. Like, there's not been a lot of good things that have happened around the University of Georgia since they won their national title. And let me tell you, that Ohio State game was arguably the best game I've ever watched in college football. And I saw Texas and Southern Cal play in the national championship, and, you know, that was arguably the best game I ever saw. That Georgia game, and especially because, you know, you have something invested in it, that was arguably the best game I've ever seen in college football. And I've watched a lot of college football in my life, but that was an outstanding game. But, there's not been a lot of good stories coming out of the University of Georgia since they won their uh, national championship. This is another strange story. Ed Reed uh, out as coach of Bethune-Cookman. A- and I saw some of those videos of, you know, he was complaining about they didn't even clean up his office before he left. and Yeah, I've been following this story, and – Honestly, this story makes Bethune-Cookman look worse and worse and worse by the minute. Yeah, and, you know, and, and again, it's one of those situations where, you know, you want these kinds of guys to come to a Bethune-Cookman, right? Like you want Dion and you want Ed Reed 
and you want them to bring the publicity and things like that that come along with these, you know, programs. But this was just a cluster, you know, like I don't I don't know what the real story is. And, you know, I probably tend to, you know, side on the on the or be on Ed Reed's side with all of this kind of stuff. But um, and then, you know, they decided not to. Uh, what, what was it, the, the Board of Regents or whatever like that, that decided not to approve his contract and everything else. And I, it's just it's just a really weird story that has come out from all of that. But, yeah, it, it does not look Bethune. Bethune-Cookman does not look good coming out of uh, all of this uh, mess. And, again, you want those guys to go to those programs and help give them some notoriety <coughs> and turn these things around. So, uh, and then finally, Bill O'Brien is uh, leaving Alabama as their offense coordinator, and he is heading back to the NFL. He's going to be the uh, Patriots' uh, next offensive uh, coordinator. So he spent the uh, last two years uh, as the OC under Nick Saban, and uh, now he's uh, obviously going back to the NFL. And uh, he was there in New England before, so all of these guys have all of these connections with Saban and Belichick and they all got all their you know insider deals and stuff like that so anyway all right when we get back what the Falcons can learn from the San Francisco 49ers that's up next Chuck Green the Kia Studios Sports Radio 929 the game odyssey.com app Is this person? It's John Chuckery. Are you sure? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Brown Liquor Music Hour Roll and Ride Long. Hanging out in the Kia Studios. Going to take you to 11 o'clock. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. To be a part of the show. Honestly, apps how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 The Game. Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316. At underscore Dylan Matthews. You want to have our Twitter pages and our Solomon Rose Diamond text line. Because in 20 minutes from right now, we've got Rankum coming up. So we will uh, get to all of that. Have a little bit of fun here before we get out for a Tuesday. Don't forget, we will be back with you. Uh, not tomorrow night uh, with the Hawks playing. But... Back with you. Full shows on Thursday, full show on Friday. So we'll uh, round out the week here and um, have a little bit of fun with you here. And again, I I thank you all greatly for well wishes and, you know, just all the nice comments and all the thoughts and prayers and everything. You know, I mean, it's uh, it, it really is humbling and it really is, you know, more than uh, I'm more than appreciative to everybody that's uh, that's out there. So thank you so much for being a part uh, of the show and uh you know we uh we'll take this one day at a time right you know although i will say only the good die young <laughs> only the good die young so <laughs> can't can't kill me off just yet you know you're might, indestructible yeah i mean might might stumble me along but can't kill me off just yet so anyway all right what can the falcons learn from the san francisco 49ers So the San Francisco 49ers, the last 11 years, in the last 11 years, they've been to five conference championship games, five conference championships in 11 years. So basically every other year they're in the conference championship, right? 
Now, why have they been able to sustain that success? Have they had one coach that's outstanding? No. Nope. They, they've had multiple coaches, right? They, they've, they've had multiples of guys that have done a really good job with, with the uh, franchise. Well, certainly they have elite quarterback play. Nope. They, they haven't had elite quarterback play in this time. They've had good quarterback play, no doubt about it. Well, they've had one guy that they can rely on as their franchise quarterback. No. They, they're on their third quarterback in 11 years in this conference championship run. They've had Jimmy Garoppolo. They've had uh, Colin Kaepernick. And they've had now Brock Purdy. So they've had Mr. Irrelevant, a third-round pick in Garoppolo, and a second-round pick in Colin Kaepernick. They hadn't even drafted guys that, you know, were the you know picks one, two, three, or whatever like that. They've had, they've had multiples of quarterbacks that have all gotten them there. What they have had, though, and what they continue to have, whether it's years ago or in this current run, is that they are the best line of scrimmage team in the entirety of the NFL. Let me repeat that. They are the best line of scrimmage team in the entirety of the NFL, both on their offensive and defensive lines. When you combine those two things together, they are the best in the league at it. From the offensive line, McGlinchey to Williams, who's obvious, who's arguably you know the best left tackle in in professional football, maybe the best overall offensive lineman in professional football, to their defensive line, Derek Armstead's Bosa, he's a complete game wrecker, right? Uh, Varner, you know they they've had all kinds of guys that they've always been consistently good on their defensive line. And, and I will even say, dare say, that they've been great on their defensive line. But they are the best combination line of scrimmage team entire of the NFL. And it, it is something to learn that when you're able to hit the reset button, just like my brain did, you know, uh, in middle of February, middle of December, when I, when I had the stroke and I literally felt like I hit reset on my brain, when you get a chance to reset like this, you build the team in what wins, in the mold of what wins. Now, I'm not saying quarterback play isn't important. but And it's probably the reason why that the 49ers haven't won the Super Bowl because they've gone up against – you know, Pat Mahomes and Tom Brady and, you know, guys like that, <clears throat> you know, they, you know, it's been maybe the thing that's held them back a little bit. But what has kept them relevant and what is, what's kept them consistently winning and what's kept them in the hunt to potentially win the Super Bowl is they're outstanding on the line of scrimmage. And if there's one thing that you can fix – and, and not even have to give up all the draft capital for or pay the $40 million and different things like that, you can fix your lines of scrimmage. You can, you can be at that level. And talk about the Falcons. <clears throat> you know, we've certainly made improvements in the offensive line. The offensive line certainly played better year over year. They were an outstanding 
run-blocking offensive line. They certainly had their struggles in their pass-blocking. Chris Lindstrom should have been a first-team All-NFL player. Caleb McGarry had his best season, and I would be all in favor of bringing him back. Even Elijah Wilkinson was competent at left guard when you had the worst interior offensive lineman in the entirety of the NFL. And I'm not trying to beat up on Jalen Mayfield, but when you have the single solitary worst guy, you see what the results are. So you don't have to have superstars up and down, but you have to invest capital in some of those guys. You have to be, you know, you have to bring in a key free agent or two. And and you can build the lines of scrimmage. But even with all the transition of quarterback, you know, even even when you look at, you know, maybe not elite quarterback play, not all of the best skill position people, you know, listen, Kittle's an outstanding tight end, but they don't have great wide receivers and, you know, running backs and things like that. They don't have elite guys in their secondary. You know, they, they haven't had elite guys in, the in you know, their back defensive backfield and safeties and things like that. And at times, you know, I, I you know, not saying that they had bad linebacker play, but, you know, they've had mediocre linebacker play. But what they are is they are great at the point of the football. And I've always said that I have a very simple theory about football. The closer, when the referee puts the ball down on the ground and he spots the football, the closer to the football that you're great, the better your franchise will be. If your great players are standing beside the football when it's placed down on the ground, then you'll be a good franchise. But when you get 10, 15 you know, yards away from where the ball is spotted, you won't be as great a football team. You have to be good at the line of scrimmage. And you can invest a lot more in those guys than you can, you know, look, yes, everybody wants to have a elite quarterback. And, you know, when you get an elite quarterback, you pay for that quarterback. But if you're dominant on the lines of scrimmage and you're outstanding at those places, both on the offensive and defensive side, you can you can have different quarterbacks. You can get away with, you know, skill position play at times that, you know, isn't at the elite level. And the reverse is also true. You know, we joked about Tom Brady and the fact that, you know, the the, the uh, Pat, uh, Patriots could finish 30th in sacks and win the Super Bowl. Well, that's because you have Tom Brady. That's because when you have the most important player in the history of the NFL – you know, the biggest winner in the history of the NFL, the greatest quarterback in the history of the NFL, yeah, you can overcome a lot. But how many teams have, look, even Aaron Rodgers has Bakhtiari and guys like that. They have outstanding line of scrimmage play with, with those guys. They, they have an outstanding offensive line. They have one of the better tackles in all of the NFL in Bakhtiari. But when you have those kinds of things right up front, you build your team from the inside out. And that's what has been so frustrating over the last couple of years. You know, I, I'm, I, I really am 
Dylan, at some point, I'm going to get into a lengthy discussion about there were three players a couple of years ago that I said the only three players that made sense for the Falcons was Kyle Pitts because they were going to, you know, look at that unicorn, Panay Sewell and Micah Parsons. Would our franchise be further ahead with the other two guys that we didn't draft? I think it would be. But we'll get into that discussion at, at some point because I got to not be as brain dead and I got to gather up all my thoughts and stuff like that because, you know, when when you when you pass up on a generational talent, and, and that's what that's what a guy like Micah Parsons is. My, Micah Parsons is, on the defensive side of the football, one of the probably four or five most influential players in deciding the outcome of a game on the defensive side of the football. And and Bosa's not very far away, and Miles Garrett. Like, there are certain guys that, you know, greatly influence the outcome of the of a game, you know, and you have to game plan for on the defensive side of the football. Real quick, I asked Rob this while you were out, and I want to get your take on it. Is mm-hmm. Micah Parsons the closest thing since Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. Closest thing to Lawrence Taylor yeah. since Lawrence Taylor? Yeah. I mean, he's just one of – He's one of the ultimate game wreckers I've ever seen in the NFL. Like, you know, Khalil Mack early in his career in his prime, you know, Aaron Donald, you know, those are those guys are complete game wreckers. Bosa, Miles Garrett, those guys are complete game wreckers. You know, I don't want to put him in the Lawrence Taylor conversation just yet because he ain't Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was the right. best defensive player I've ever seen, you know, walk, walking earth, but – you know, there are things that remind you of him because he can influence a game so drastically. But he's an outstanding player. And when you pass up on talents like that, for whatever reason, I mean, I'm not saying that the Falcons got it all wrong and things like that, but when you don't get those kinds of talents on your team, when you don't, you know, when you don't get Micah Parsons or an Aaron Donald or a Miles Garrett or a Bosa, and again, the Falcons weren't in a position to gather those players up, but when those kinds of players aren't on your roster, there's a reason why though a lot of those guys, you know, get their teams, you know, over them. Look, Micah Parsons is so good, he's gonna get Dan Quinn a job. That's how good Micah Parsons is. Micah Parsons is so good he'll get Dan Quinn a head coaching job. And not because Dan's a good head coach and not because Dan's got it all figured out. But when you're great on the lines of scrimmage with your football team, you'll be relevant every year. No matter who's your quarterback, no matter who's your running back, no matter who's your wide receivers, tight ends, corners, safeties, whatever. If you're great at the line of scrimmage, you'll always be relevant in the NFL. All right, rank them when we come back. Have a little bit of fun with you here as we head to the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief coming up, right? Is it JR Sports Brief? Because Jason's doing shows on Monday now. Or is Jason every night? I can't remember. Listen, I I, I barely even know the schedule uh, out here. So, anyway, we'll be back. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios. Sports Radio, 910 The Game, Odyssey.com app. If I tell you, if I tell you how I feel. Back to more John Chuckery. This party's gonna rock. Make some noise! 
Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in Kia Studios. At the top of the hour, we'll be the JR Sports Brief coming up after us. Don't forget, we are going to be back on Thursday and Friday. So, full shows uh, Thursday and Friday for your listening pleasure. We've got Hawks basketball coming up tomorrow night as uh, the Hawks are in Oklahoma City to take on the Thunder. 404-741-0929. Solomon Rose, I'm a text line. Odyssey app site, catch on the go. Social media, 929 The Game. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. At JMCH316, at underscore Dylan Matthews. We used to have a little bit of fun picking Randy's brain, pick you's brain. Sometimes I would give them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we call this segment Rank Them. All right, Chuck. We got to go. Th- hold on. Oh, before, uh-huh. before I, before I, I'm going to cut right in here. Okay, cut right in. So let, uh, just to show you how brain dead I really am, uh-huh. <laughs> um, a, a Twitter person Put out there uh, for our favorite actors in, in roles. Yes. Jamie Foxx and Ray. Jamie, Jamie Foxx was outstanding oh. in that role. Do you, do you know Do you know that movie? In Ray? Yes. I don't think I do. I know Radio, but that wasn't Jamie Foxx. That was Cuba Gooding Jr. I know that much. Mm-hmm. It's yep. the Ray Charles biography. Oh, yeah, nope. I uh, I do not know that one. Unfortunately, Can I, say I liked it better when I had my stroke. But anyway, <laughs> all right. What's uh, what you got here, Dylan? All right. So, uh, first one, we're gonna go with our national days. We actually got some good national days today, Chuck. Okay. Um, Global Belly Laugh Day, Beer Can Appreciation Day. International Day of Education and National Peanut Butter Day. There's one more, but I'm going to save that for later because I made a rank them out of that one. So, Global Belly Laugh Day, Beer Can Appreciation Day, International Day of Education, National Peanut Butter Day. All right. Well, National Peanut Butter Day is one. Okay. So, Global Education, Belly Laugh. And what was the other one? Beer Can. Uh, yes. Appreciation I go, Day. I, I go with Billy Beer. Um, Billy I, Beer? Yes, Billy Beer. <laughs> Do you know what that is? No, I don't. Okay. Do you know who Jimmy Carter is? The one that invented peanut butter? Wait, the president? Yes. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Wait. Wait. That was, was George, George that Washington, was George Washington Carver. Carver. Yeah, George Washington Carver. I'm sorry. I'm yes. sorry. Jimmy I knew that. Carter was the president. Was the president. He was of the from United here. States. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um,. <laughs> Now I just now I I um I I, I you're on my, Billy Beer. I, I hate my life. <laughs> Jimmy Carter's brother was Billy Carter. Oh, okay. and he launched a beer. Oh, that is I, I guess the cans are collectible. I, I guess they're very collectible cans. Uh-huh. But it was Billy Beer. Um, so that would be number two. Belly laugh day three. And what do I got to you know? What do I care about education? You know. Like, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been able to educate you, so. <laughs> you have educated me a lot, Chuck. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, <laughs> with today being National Peanut Butter Day, yes. rank these spreads. Peanut butter, grape jam, Nutella, mayonnaise. Uh, well, mayonnaise will go four. Good. Nutella will go three. Okay. And then, you. what was the first one? Peanut butter and grape oh, jam. 
were the la- are the last two. Okay. Um, yeah, peanut butter one, and then grape jam two. Okay. Although I really can't eat grape jam anymore. So. Oh really? Uh, okay. I'm I'm doing like no sugar, like nothing. Ah, that nothing, makes sense. Nothing sugar uh, related. So. All right, uh, let's see here from our buddy Rusty. Rusty. Rank these uh, Rolling Stones songs. Under My Thumb, Paint It Black, uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking, and Miss You. Well, I got Paint It Black, number one. That's that's a that's a fantastic song. Miss You is number two. Um, that, was, that was disco era. You know, that was disco era Rolling Stones. And as Charlie Watts famously said, there's a load of Miss You's, uh, aren't there? Very influential song. Um, Under My Thumb, three. And then Can't You Hear Me Knocking, number four. Uh, Let's see here. From the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line, rank these uh, wrestling factions. NWO, DX, The Four Horsemen, and The Fabulous Freebirds. That's from James and Hiram. Yep. I, uh, I, I always go The Four Horsemen, but it's the original Four Horsemen. Oli, Arn, Tully, Rick. That's the that's the that's the best one that that ever was. I go them number one. Um, I gotta go NWO number two because I still love I still love Scott and Kev and uh, you know the Outsiders. Um, I still go those two guys and then Hogan latched on to everything that they did. Um, I'll go DX number three. And I wasn't a big Freebirds fan. I mean, growing up in Ohio, we didn't get a whole lot of Freebirds. You know they were Dallas based and Georgia based, but I didn't get a whole lot of, whole lot of uh, you know Freebird uh, action up in Northeast Ohio. In honor of Global Belly Laugh Day, a mm-hmm. nice belly laugh. It comes from your yes. gut because you're really you're really wailing because something's so funny. I laughed, I laughed hysterically uh-huh. really recently here, like like I don't know two or three weeks ago. Uh-huh. I had a I just I something cracked me up. And I just I couldn't stop laughing. I was laughing until I was crying. That's, um, that's it was, the best it was, type of laugh. And it was it was something from Jim Cornette's podcast uh, okay. that he did that I was I, I was just belly laughing like crazy, like almost to the point of like I said, I was crying, yeah. you know, during it. So with that, what's a better feeling? Laughing like that, a back massage, foot massage, or sitting in a hot tub? Um. I'll take the sitting in the hot tub one. Yep. I'll take uh, back massage two, belly laugh three, and I don't want anybody touching my feet. So, yeah. <laughs> you don't want anybody rubbing them feet, nah, John? Just you know, like I got too many issues with my feet and stuff like that. So just they're sore, they're tired. Yeah, I just I can't I can't do all that kind of stuff. So understandable. Yeah. In favor, um, in honor of your favorite National Day today, International Day of Education. <laughs> Did you have a better time and more fun in elementary school, middle school, high school, or college? Um, college because, you know, the we... The freedom. Yeah, we effed off. I mean, yeah. you know, we skipped classes and all kinds Amazing. of stuff. So college number one. I would say middle school... No, I would say elementary school two. Okay. Because I didn't have like any that. responsibility. Right. And then I would say actually middle school three... And high school number four, like really? I, I didn't, I don't know, like I, I didn't say, I, I wouldn't say I didn't live in high school, but if I had high school to do it over again, I would do it differently. Gotcha. So, okay. Um, let's see here. From 
my Twitter page, uh, the real Matt Ryan, rank these Attitude Era feuds for the bloodline. The New Heart Foundation, DX, the Corporation, or the Nation of Domination. Well, listen, um, the new, the revised Heart Foundation was outstanding. Like those guys were awesome. So I would give them number one. Um, I'll do the Nation of Domination too, man. Ron Simmons and Mark Henry and D'Lo Brown and The Rock. Um, I'll give that number three. Um, DX would be would be three. Sorry, Nation of Domination two. DX3 and the corporation was just ridiculous. That that whole gimmick was was just, you know, a bunch of nonsense and all that. Uh, from our buddy Albie Cohen, the Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, eight is enough for the Osmonds. I saw where the kid who played the son on eight is enough died here recently. So I will go oh, wow. Brady Bunch one. Um, I'll go the Partridge Family two. The Osmonds, three, and I never really did like uh, the Partridge family. And then, let's see here. Wasn't there one more? Um, I think our buddy Marco had one. Excuse me while I kill some time here. Killing time. Killing time. Um, We're killing time. Um, let's see. Uh, Georgia's, Georgia's national title from last year. Georgia's national title from this year. Atlanta United's MLS Cup or the Braves World Series? I would Ooh, say that's Braves, a good one. Yeah, I would say the Braves World Series from 21. Yeah, um, I like, Braves I number agree. one. I would say this year's Georgia team, number two. I would say Georgia's national title team from last year, the first one. Yeah. And then Atlanta United, number four. Agreed. I agree with that ranking. Okay. In honor of Beer Can Appreciation Day. How do you like your beer? Or what style of beer, I guess, is the better question for this rankum? A lager, an ale, a stout, or an IPA? All right. I don't even know what the difference between a <laughs> lager and a stout is. I mean, I had a I don't stent either. put in me, you know, years ago. <laughs> but I, I haven't had a stout thing. in any – I mean – um, and, and a and a UPS. I mean, UPS. those those you are beer, those beers are just you know, <laughs> like they're just like sometimes they're canned water or they're fruity and yeah. so that's number four. Okay. Um, I'll, <laughs> that was none of those. I'll, I'll take a I'll take a lager. Yeah, you know, number one. Uh-huh. I'll take a stent number two. <laughs> I'll take a, you know, what's the other folderol? Uh, uh, ale. An ale. I'll take an <laughs> ale too. Because I can drink Genesee Cream Ale. <laughs> if you know Cream Ale, I'll, I'll do that one, number two. And then uh, uh, a Stout, number three, because that's like Guinness, right? Uh, yeah, Guinness is Stout. Yeah, and yeah. Guinness, Guinness has all types. They have a lager, too. And they yeah, have all types. Uh, yeah, the dark Guinness is, yeah. is, would be number uh, three, stout, yeah. and then the UPS would be <laughs> yes. U, number four. All um, right, I got, yeah. I got one more yeah, for you. One more quick one here. Okay. Yeah, so. Um, so our last national day that I was talking about, is National Compliment Day, John Chuckery. Oh, jeez. So the best compliment someone can give you. You look good, you smell good, I like your haircut, or you have a nice smile. Um, I buy all the way, have all the above. What you, What'd you say the first one was? You look good. All right, that's number You're one. You're attractive. Um, smell good. What's the other one? Smell good. Haircut. Haircut. Nice haircut and a nice smile. You have a um, nice smile. Nice smile, number two. Smell good three, 
And, you know, hell, my hair is what it is. It's been the same way for. <laughs> it ain't changing at yeah, this point. Same, same way it's been for 30 years. So, <laughs> anyway, all right, that's ranking for a Tuesday evening. When we come back, give you love TKO, wrap things up on the John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio, 929 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We're wrapping things up here on the John Chuckery Show, as we always do with that love TKO. JR Sports Brief coming up here at the top of the hour. Before we get out of here, though, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back for my years, I guess I shed some tears. So we didn't do too bad tonight, did we? we? You know, we didn't stumble around too, too much. I mean, you know, we we got through it all and, you know, didn't have any real lapses or hiccups or anything like that. So, you did a great job, Chuck. Yeah, so we didn't uh, didn't screw, th- uh, screw up things too bad. So uh, so successful, successful night uh, in the books. So first one down, you know, although, well, actually we didn't. We, we did kind of a tryout show on Friday just to see how it go for a couple hours after the Hawks and stuff like that. But uh, uh, all good, you know, feeling good and, you know, ready to get back, uh, ready to get back at it. So I've been doing my podcast for the last couple few weeks here and stuff like that. So it's been good practice for getting back uh, into all of this kind of stuff. So so we definitely feel good and, uh, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll take it one day at a time. And I just know that, you know, only the good die young and really nothing can Get rid of me at this point, so you're stuck with me for a while. So, stuck with me. We learned tonight that you would even survive nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I again, <laughs> literally, once I start coming back, they put the doomsday clock at the, you know, at almost Armageddon. So, I mean, that's that, that's that's got to be some kind of sign or whatever like that. So, but anyway, uh, Hawks basketball tomorrow night. So we're not going to be with you tomorrow. So not even end of game. But uh, we will be back with you on Thursday and Friday, so we'll have full shows. We got a lot going on. Uh, I got, I, I think I've got a WWE superstar in advance of the Royal Rumble uh, lined up, ready to go. We're going to talk to Tori McElhaney. Um, I don't even know who else we got. Who else we got? We got Eric Edholm. Eric Edholm. We're going to talk to Kurt Heelan. Yeah, so we'll talk some NBA, some NFL. We got a lot of stuff going on uh, here over these next. Uh, couple of nights so we're uh, we're kind of back uh, at it more regularly with uh, the end of football season so all right we got to get out of here for dylan it's chuckery we'll see you amf try to take control of the love love to control me cause you to lose all thoughts sense of time and have a change of mind